Well, Gold Avenue Church family, it's not every Sunday that I get the privilege and honor to bring the word. Uh, And so I'm excited to be a part of this restored sermon series and sharing the good news, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God this morning. And so we'll be reading from Matthew 10. So I invite you to open your Bibles and turn there. And I just love how the Lord works in really embodying this message through Jan, just sharing a testimony of what it looks like to walk in step with the Spirit and to see God's kingdom come and to experience the fruit of that, this joy. And I hope that we've all tasted that, just hearing her testimony, the joy of God's kingdom coming. Um, and so let's um, read Matthew 10, 1 through 16. Jesus called the twelve disciples to him. And gave them the authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. These are the names of the twelve apostles. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew. James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas, and Matthew the tax collector. James, son of Elpheus and Thaddeus. Simon, the zealot and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, Cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you've received, freely give. Do not get any gold or silver or copper to take with you in your belts. No bag for the journey or extra shirt or sandals or a staff, for the worker is worth his keep. Whatever town or village you enter, search there for some worthy person to stay at their house until you leave. As you enter the home, give it your greeting. If the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. If it is not, let your peace return to you. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, leave that home or town and shake the dust off your feet. Truly, I tell you, it will be more bearable for Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that town. I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. This is the word of the Lord. And so we read in our text this morning how Jesus calls his 12 disciples to him, and then he sends them out. And this is the message I believe the Lord has for us of calling us to him, and sending us out uh, to do what we were made to do. Uh, namely, proclaim, embody, and advance the kingdom of God, empowered by his Holy Spirit. This is the good news, brothers and sisters. And so the question I have for us is, what are you made to do? We sang about it this morning. You made us for much more than this, the song goes. Uh, we hear of how God works in our lives, and we think, well, what am I made to do? And I was pondering this, and I think there's a variety of ways we can answer this. Uh, For some of us, it would be our occupation. You think, yes, I'm made to be a teacher. 
the Lord's given me gifts to teach, and this is what I'm made to do. Not everyone's made to be a teacher. Uh, Or we think, I'm an engineer. God's given me this mind to think and to calculate things in ways that he hasn't gifted everyone else. I'm made to be an engineer. Or I'm made to be a nurse. Uh, The Lord's given me a heart to care for people and to apply knowledge of the human body and uh, help people. And so we can think about this in terms of our career. Uh, We can also think about this in terms of our spiritual gifts and for some of us, we, we've seen this displayed already this morning. We've got people who are gifted in worship and leading us in worship and using their gifts to play instruments as a congregation. There are people here who are gifted to serve, some called in gifts of prophecy and evangelism, teaching and preaching, discipleship. This is what I was made to do. And I think that in this text we see something even deeper Something we're all called to, not something necessarily individually, but together we're called to be a part of the mission of God. Uh, The mission of being empowered by his Holy Spirit to proclaim, embody, and advance the kingdom. This is our mission, church family. This is the mission of the people of God. And I don't know if you've experienced this. I hope you have. Uh, But just what does it look like for us to walk in step with the Spirit? We've heard testimonies of this this morning, uh, both in the household and the day-to-day life and in unique opportunities like prayer walking. And I know as I was reflecting on this, I was reminded of a prophetic night, an encounter. And I would come and i tell my friends, I have never felt more alive. You should come to prophetic night because we get to cooperate with the Holy Spirit, receiving from the Lord and sharing these words with others. And let me tell you what it's like to hear from our God and be encouraged and strengthened and comforted. Or like Jan, I've been blessed to go out prayer walking, and I think, man, I have never been more alive. To come together with brothers and sisters and to receive from the Lord, Lord, what do you have for us? How can we be a part of your kingdom coming? And as those empowered by the Spirit, we go out, and the Spirit opens doors and sends us places that we would never have expected going, and moves in ways that are well beyond our understanding and our own strength and ability. And so this is the life that we have in the Holy Spirit, uh, the life of empowering, proclaiming, and advancing the kingdom of God. And this starts in the beginning. Uh, This is how God made us. And not just believers, but this is how God made all people. He made us to be in relationship with him. What a gift. The creator of the universe in the beginning. He created people in his image. And he gave us the opportunity to represent him here, to be in relationship with him. That as we, uh, and we look back to Adam and Eve, as you come to know the heart of God, wow. The creator of the universe loves me. He made me just like, like nobody else. He made me. And, and then he's invited me to make him known to this world. And in the beginning it was, how can we display the joy of the Lord, the love of the Lord, the peace of the Lord, the rule and reign and authority of the king? Do you see him? And this was their mission in the beginning. This is where life is found. But then we read in Scripture, too, how people are separated from that relationship with God. And the story takes a dramatic turn. As those who were created to be in relationship with God and to represent him, 
They listened to the voice of Satan, the serpent, the one who rules and reigns over a lesser kingdom. And he tempts them and deceives them to turn away from God and think they can find life somewhere else. Maybe I can find life in living for myself or a different king. And so what happens is, is when God's people, Adam and Eve, rebel against God, they subject themselves and all of creation to the rule and reign of Satan. And no longer are they in that right relationship with God they were created for, and they can't. They can't be in that relationship because a holy God is holy, and now these people have turned away from him. And not only that, but they can't bear his image. As they don't know him like they were created to know him, now all of a sudden they're bearing an image that's not his image in the world. And they're ruling and reigning in a way they think is right, but not the way the king has made them to represent him. And this is the reality of living in a life of sin. In a world that's filled with people longing for freedom, longing for purpose, longing for identity, and turning to all sorts of things to find that. It's a world where there's sickness and there's disease, and we long for healing. I just think of those who I know who uh, had cancer, And either they are years struggling with cancer and overcome that battle, but their life is never the same, or their lives uh, ended because of this cancer. And we lament that, and we wish that wasn't the case, and yet there's nothing we can do in our own strength to fix that. And we live in a world where there's broken relationships. There's so many struggle with addiction because they're longing to numb the pain of some kind uh, that they have of trying to find purpose and fulfillment. And so it's just trying to find that in other ways and to numb that pain, to try to find life. There's mental health struggles that abound around us. I know for me, working specifically with college students, it's more common than not uh, seeing students wrestle with uh, depression and anxiety. And so much longing our world just longing for some sort of meaning and purpose. What, who am I and what was I made to do? How can I do this? And then, brothers and sisters, our God does the unthinkable. He does what is unthinkable. He comes. He comes to those who are broken. He comes to a world that is lost in utter darkness, longing for hope, and he says, I want to have a relationship with you. I want you to find meaning and purpose, and that's only found in me and in my kingdom. That's what you were created for. And so we read in the Gospels of Jesus, Jesus who comes as fully God and as fully man, Jesus is one born with the Spirit, and then at his baptism, the Spirit comes upon him and empowers him to embody, proclaim, and advance the kingdom of God here on earth as it already is in heaven. 
This is what Jesus has done. He's made a way for us to experience God's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. And the disciples are witnesses of this. You don't have to read far into the Gospels that those who spent time with Jesus, they came to know him, to love him, these 12 ordinary people. And he walks around with them and then they see They see and they experience the life they were created to live. They see Jesus teaching and proclaiming about this kingdom. This kingdom that's far greater than the kingdom of this world. Where those who are lost are found. Where those who are sick are healed. And then they see it. They see dead who are raised to life. The synagogue ruler comes to Jesus with his daughter and my daughter is sick and she's died and Jesus raises her to life. And then there's those who are blind, those who've never seen and who are, have no idea that it would even be possible to see. And Jesus comes to them and he opens their eyes that they can see and he helps the mute speak and he causes the lame to walk, and even this man who was paralyzed, who's laid before Jesus, and Jesus not only helps him walk and gives him that ability, but he also forgives him of his sins. Might you no longer be bound by guilt and shame? Might you be set free to walk in life, the life I've created you to live in relationship with me and a part of my kingdom? And so I imagine the disciples are there in awe, of who Jesus is. I know I would be if I was in that place. Wow, Jesus, this is it. Is this real? And John's disciples are like, is this really the one? Oh my word, it's happening. What we thought was impossible, what was impossible is now possible in Christ. And as they sit there, they're wondering, wow. And last week, Pastor Dave mentioned this prayer, this longing. Wow, Jesus, do it again. Jesus, you love the world. We long to see this world made new. We long to see us experience life in your kingdom. And then this prayer that they had prayed is answered. And he doesn't just answer it by doing it for them, but he says, hey, go. I'm sending you. Go, I'm sending you. And they're going, how? Because Jesus He is the one who was empowered by the Holy Spirit. He had authority of the king, and he gave that authority to them. He empowered them by his Holy Spirit that they might live on mission for him. And take this news, not just to the Gentiles or the Samaritans, these lost people, but go to the lost sheep of Israel, he says, because these are my chosen people who I called. Back when I called Abraham and I said, you will be a blessing to make my name known among the earth that all nations might know me and live in relationship with me. So apostles, go. Go and make my name known. And these 12, they're ordinary people, like you and me. I feel like Matthew just lists their names in here to be like, here's these brothers and those brothers, this one's a tax collector, that one's a zealot. They all are different and unique, and yet, They're all invited to be a part of this mission. And it's this restored mission. Because these disciples, they represent the 12 tribes of Israel. God's chosen people. God's saying, I've given you a new identity. No longer are you longing for a Messiah, longing for the kingdom, but you can actually fulfill the mission I gave you in the beginning. To embody, proclaim, and advance my kingdom. And it's through my Holy Spirit. 
And so, brothers and sisters, this is the gift that we have to be a part of. We don't just look to the apostles and say, wow, they had a great mission. It's awesome to see how the Lord worked through them. And now we'll just wait for Jesus to come back again. But we're those who, who have a relationship with Jesus. And when we have a relationship with Jesus, the Holy Spirit is within us. And we can ask the Holy Spirit to empower us that we might live on mission. That we might do what we were made to do as empowering as embodying, proclaiming, and advancing his kingdom. Because we're people of the resurrection. We're people who know Jesus, the one who died on the cross to save us from our sins. He's the one who made a way for us to have a relationship with God, how we were created, and now we have that relationship. And through Jesus' resurrection, he's given us life, life in him. And this is good news for all people. Not just for people here. And then the disciples waited, and we can read in Scripture of how Jesus said, Wait, I know you found life in me, and I love that you have that life in me, but wait for my Spirit to come upon you. And then we read at Pentecost in Acts 2 how the Spirit falls on all people who know Jesus, and they go out and they embody, proclaim, and advance the kingdom of God as those empowered by the Spirit. And we get to participate in that same restoring work here. And we don't need to take anything with us. And that's what you read here. And you're like, okay, so how did they do this? And we don't read them going and doing all the things. And here's the manual that I've given you. Number one, like 10 steps towards healing a lame person. Uh, He didn't give them those things. He said, I've given you my Holy Spirit. And you can know me through my word. You can know me as those in relationship with one another and as those filled with the spirit. And so go walk by faith. What does it look like to pray for a healing for a a, pray for a dead person to be raised to life or a lame person to walk or someone who's bound by a demon to be set free? You have my Holy Spirit that you might live as I've lived and usher in my kingdom here on earth until I come again and make all things new. And so what does it look like for us to proclaim the kingdom of God? And I'll share with you, this is a gift the Lord specifically given me this morning. I was like, Lord, how do you want me to preach your word this morning? He was just like, proclaim the kingdom. Okay, Lord. Uh, And so maybe there's a formal opportunity the Lord's giving you to proclaim the kingdom. Uh, Maybe it's at a Bible study or in a context of a staff meeting or with friends. What does it look like to say, this is what I believe. Do you know this good news of the kingdom? Because it is such good news. Uh, Or maybe it's through using a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge or a prophetic word. Uh, Lord, The Lord just has this word for you and to share how much he loves them and how he's empowered them and gifted them and called them. Hearing God's kingdom, our father speaking to the one that he loves and longs to live for him. And then we read of embodying. What does it look like to embody the kingdom of God? And Jesus did this through healing people. He did this through cleansing them of their sins. 
And as those who know the good news, we have that same opportunity to offer those forgiveness. I know that you've been stuck in shame and guilt, but have you heard of the one who's forgiven you? You don't have to walk burdened by shame and guilt, but you can walk in freedom because Christ has paid for that. What does it look like to pray for healing? Uh, We do that as a church family, uh, to pray that the Lord would heal someone who's been sick for years or someone who has pain or whatever the ailment might be. But we get to be a part of embodying God's kingdom and saying, the king has come. And he will bring healing. And then lastly, we have the opportunity to advance his kingdom as those empowered by his spirit. Uh, We know the real king, the only king who's been on the throne. He is the king of kings and has all authority. And we have the opportunity to partner with him in sharing this truth with the world. To show them that Jesus is the one who saves and apart from him there's no one. To set captives free from those who've been believing lies for years and say, that's not true. Let me tell you what's true. And cast out these impure spirits that are binding our minds and that even manifest in other ways as well. And so this is what we're called to do. And I couldn't help but be led to reading, so what does this look like? This is great news, but what does this look like? And in my devotions uh, this week, I was just reading through the book of Acts. And I encourage you to read through the book of Acts if you're like, so Lord, what does this look like? If this is what we're called to, uh, what does it look like for these apostles to be sent out? And I'll just share some of these examples with you. So in Acts 4, we read of uh, the believers gathering together. Uh, Because Peter had shared the gospel, he was oppressed by the leaders, and they're praying that the Lord would give them the courage to proclaim the word with boldness and and show signs and wonders so that they would know who he is. And even amidst this opposition, and then the Holy Spirit comes and shakes the place, and they are empowered to continue living on mission for him. In Acts 5, we read again how the apostles, they're proclaiming the good news, and it's accompanied by many signs and wonders. The Spirit working through them. In Acts 8, we read of Philip. Philip goes out and he is proclaiming the kingdom through signs and wonders. We read of paralyzed people, lame people walking. And then the town, and this is the fruit of this, the town is filled with joy because the kingdom of God has come. And then in Acts 9, Peter, he's, uh, he's a part of God's kingdom coming, and he goes to Aeneas, this man who had been bedridden for eight years. And he comes to him, and he lifts him up in the power of the Holy Spirit, and he shouts for joy, and all the people around him are amazed at what the Lord has done. His kingdom is coming. And I'll share this last one. From Acts 9, we read again of Peter. He goes to this village, and he meets this woman named Tabitha, and Tabitha dies. Peter sends everyone out of the room and he goes to Tabitha and he prays and he grabs her by the hand, daughter, get up. And everybody is amazed because they've experienced the one who raises dead to life. They've encountered the living God. They've seen God's kingdom come. And these stories happen in scripture, but they've happened among God's people throughout all time and history and across the globe. And so if you need encouragement, uh, you can seek out some resources. You can talk with me about uh, ways that I've 
read and things, and I'm sure there's others who can share resources as well. But we read of how, how lame people are walking, how blind receive sight. Uh, just this past week, Tim sent me a video about a woman who had stage four cancer, who they prayed for for healing, and she was completely cleared of all that cancer because of the prayers of God's people in deliverance. And we hear of Mary Swearinga, too, experiencing the peace of God amidst uh, an unknown diagnosis. And we can go on and on, church family, but we are those who are blessed to be in relationship with Jesus, to know our Father who created us, and we are blessed because of him to do what we were made to do, to embody, proclaim, and advance his kingdom in the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Might we be those who share this good news with others? And so I'm just discerning with the Lord how we might close this morning. Uh, Just sensing that the Lord uh, longs to empower us, that we might live on that mission. But also acknowledging that for some of us we hear this and there's fear, fear of inadequacy or just fear of the unknown. Sense the Lord just inviting us that if, um, if this is something you desire, to be empowered by his Holy Spirit this morning, that you might be a part of his mission, just invite you to hold your hands open as a means to receive his empowerment afresh, that you might be a part of his kingdom coming. And I'd love to pray for this, and then we'll have the worship team lead us in a song that just continues to turn our hearts, that his Holy Spirit would rain down on us, that we might be a part of that mission. And so let's pray. Father, we thank you that you love us. You know each one of us. You know our gifts. You know our fears. You know our hearts. You know the impossible situations that we face and those longings of our heart. And we thank you that you see them and that those are your longings too. And Father, we confess that we... We need you. We can't cure cancer. We can't mend broken relationships. We can't overcome addictions. We can't transform lives. But you can. So Holy Spirit, we ask that you would give us faith to believe that you can. And we ask afresh this morning that you would fill us Empower us with your Holy Spirit that we might be the answer to that prayer. That you might use us to proclaim your kingdom. Lord, this isn't in our own strength, but we pray that you would help us to proclaim this good news that the world might know you and find life in your kingdom. 
And Father, we pray too that you would send your spirit and empower us to embody that kingdom. That we would be those that offer forgiveness in Christ, cleansing of sin. That we would be those who offer healing that's found only in you, Jesus. And we pray too, Father, that you would empower us with your spirit, that we might advance your kingdom. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And we thank you for inviting us to be a part of that. And so, Holy Spirit, empower us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.